I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Have you ever caught yourself wondering why you do the things you do? Like, why do you get so angry and yell at your kids when they're moving at a snail's pace in the morning? Or why is it so hard to relax when the house is a mess? If so, you've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Because here's what's going on. When you were a child... Whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. And over time, those defenses became a habit, and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is really actually often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There's five different personality patterns. And they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategy that you immediately go to when you start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who you are, but rather what's actually blocking who you are. And the good news is that once you take the quiz and you learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and then live and parent as your true and authentic self. So click on the quiz link in the show notes Or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality patterns quiz. Welcome back to the Motherhood Podcast, a live workshop-style podcast that is helping thousands of moms redefine their motherhood journey. There was a point in my life when I was trying to do all the things, parent my kids, pour into my marriage, run a busy law practice, keep up my home. And what I found was that I was on the fast track to burnout until I discovered a better way. Now I help women just like you to close the gap between their vision of motherhood and what they're actually experiencing in their day-to-day lives. Together, we'll explore when and where to simplify, systemize, and surrender. I promise you, you're already doing so much better than you think. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser, and this is Motherhood. 
Welcome to the Motherhood Podcast. I am your coach, Michelle Grosser, and today is Motherhood Monday. I'm so grateful you're here and decided to spend some time with us as we start the week. Today we are talking all about harmony, and I just thought I would share a couple thoughts I have for getting our kids to get along with each other, to get along with others. Um, I think part of today is going to be a little bit of a refresher, and a lot of the stuff I've coached on previously on past episodes of Motherhood Monday, but it all really just lends itself to a life of harmony. So we are talking about harmony today, and these are really just life skills. They're life skills that transfer, they're applicable for our seven-year-olds, they're applicable to us 37-year-olds. So let's, let's just jump in. So the first thing I put together today is to teach our kids to resolve their own conflicts. Conflict's inevitable, right? So teaching our kids how to resolve conflicts on their own, I think it's one of the most effective ways that we can really promote harmony. And I'm not advocating that we just tell them to go figure it out, right? When they're disagreeing, it's it's not just stepping back and, and letting them duke it out. But there's just so many opportunities to teach and let them put their skills into practice. And I think sometimes what we tend to do as parents is we want to solve the problem. We want to jump in. We want to sort it all out for them. But that's really robbing them from practice that they could be getting and trying to do it themselves. So I would really encourage you if you find that you tend to step in at the first sound of a disagreement, like just wait, take a pause, right? Give them an extra moment, see what happens. Because one of two things is going to happen, right? One, I think they're either going to work it out on their own and get good practice doing that. And in that case, they didn't need you to step in. Or two, they're probably going to misstep and it's not going to work. And if that's the case, that's okay. Because that's an opportunity that we have to teach and to coach and to parent and to discipline, right? We can step in and we can mediate. And first, you know, we can teach them how to state a problem objectively and without judgment. Like just asking, hey, hey, what's what's going on here? And then reminding them conflict after conflict to be able to explain to us what's happened objectively. Like, man, what a life skill we would be equipping them with. And just like we went through in the uh, nonviolent communication model, I went through that in detail in episode 19. I created a worksheet for you guys, this awesome resource about nonviolent communication. Obviously, we can use it with our kids. We can teach it to our kids. We can use it with our spouses, our partners, our families. It's really this communication formula that I think will change how you communicate with anyone in your life. So listen to episode 19 if you haven't listened to that one yet. It walks you through a communication framework that's really going to change everything for you. And then we can help our kids each identify their needs. I think we're living in a culture where people don't take time to recognize their needs. Like they get, they, they, they become upset, resentful, um, and they're not even aware of why. So I think in mediating conflict and asking our kids to state what it is they want, what it is they need, we're teaching them to be aware not only of their needs, but to be aware of others' needs. And then take it a step further, how to verbalize those needs. And then finally, we're going to want to teach our kids how to work together to find a solution, find a compromise, right? And if that just doesn't seem possible in the moment. Everyone takes a break. 
even if there's tears, it's okay. Because in real life, like sometimes we can't resolve a conflict and we need to take a break and we need to have some distance and we need to cool off and we need some perspective. And that's all really helpful too. That's real life. And then I think when everyone's had a moment to regulate, to calm back down, we can pull our kids aside and really have meaningful teaching conversations about disagreement, right? And how they tried to resolve it and what worked and what didn't work. And then we're resourcing and we're empowering them for the next time that conflict arises. But none of that happens if we just step in and rescue them. So a lot of it is on us and taking a moment, letting them try to figure out, seeing what happens, and then parenting from there. The second thing, we are going to, in our families, discuss emotions frequently. I think self-awareness is just It's really essential for harmony. We have to keep our kids talking about their emotions and helping them recognize their own emotions and then certainly the emotions in others if we want them to be able to get along with others and live in harmony. Like our kids need an emotional vocabulary to be able to identify the emotions of others in order for them to get along with others. They have to be aware of what's going on around them. And I promise you like your toddler already recognizes simple emotions, right? Happy, sad, angry, scared. And it's through us helping our kids to have awareness of their emotions and the emotions of others that they're going to grow that evo- that emotional vocabulary. So how can we do this? A lot of it, I think, starts by asking our kids questions often. <laughs> like ask them what they think, ask them how they feel, ask them what's important to them. Like if you notice another child who's crying at the park or seem sad or, you know, not digging the pediatrician's office, like that's an opportunity for conversation. We can ask our kids like, hey, do you notice that? Like, what do you think he's feeling? How can you tell? Right. And also just be aware of helping them to connect facial expressions and body language to emotions just by narrating the day's events. Like remember when our kids were really little and we would just narrate everything in order to just expose them to language? It's the same thing right? Like when you, whatever, shared that toy with your sister, like, did you see how once she appreciated it and it made her day, like how big that smile was on her face? Did you hear how loud your voice got when you got angry about, you know, whatever it was tonight? Like we can interject with our own empathy here too. And I get it. Like I'd probably feel angry too, if someone grabbed what I was playing out of my hands, right? I know when my girls were younger, I'd play this game with them where I'd just make faces and they would try to guess my emotions. Like I'd make these really exaggerated, like happy, sad, angry, silly, confused, well, you know, whatever I could think of faces. And I'd ask them to do the same. And the point was just to build an awareness of different emotions and their expressions. And as they get older, they're starting to become more aware, not only of their own emotions, but really in recognizing the emotions of others. And that emotional vocabulary is starting to expand. You know, they're able to say things now like, I'm frustrated, she's annoyed. And and I think also around this age, they're starting to recognize and realize theory of mind, where they can start to actually put themselves in someone else's shoes and think from the perspective of others. So this is a really great stage to start asking our kids, you know, how they think others might be feeling or how they think someone else might have felt about a certain situation. It's a great age to explore their their moral imagination. We can do so with books. We can do so with movies. Just pause and talk. You know, how, how might that character feel? You know, we've all read books. We've all 
watched things on TV, shows, movies that really marked us. And that feeling of that, you know, tugging on our heartstrings, that's really the root of harmony. It's, it's just feeling for someone else and being able to meet them where they're at. It's empathizing, right? It's showing empathy. And kids can start doing that with characters and their journeys. And then when our kids are a little older, like school age, maybe seven, eight-year-old range, they can really start to understand where someone else is coming from. And this, I think, is such a beautiful and powerful recognition. It really shows them the empathy and uh, just that harmony with and for others uh, by putting themselves in someone else's position, just the power that lies in that. And then third, you guys know it's my favorite thing to talk and coach about is teaching our kids self-regulation skills. And I did, I've done a lot of episodes on this, but I did a whole episode on this back in episode four about teaching our kids self-regulation skills, um, starting to co-regulate with them when they're really young, and then teaching them to have tools to self-regulate as they get older. And friends, this is just so crucial because unless our kids know how to cope and manage with their own emotions, especially those big emotions, they can't graduate to the point of empathy. They can't graduate to the point of harmony and really getting along with others, especially when things get tough. And I think sometimes we get caught up and we expect our kids to just know how to get along with others. Um, And then we'll jump in in the middle of conflict when things are really stressful and our kids are not in their learning brain. And we hear them fighting, we hear you know whatever it is that's going on, and we want to intervene and we want to start asking all the questions, right? What's going on here? What did you, you know, what were you thinking? Who did what? And 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 that's really asking the impossible of our kids. Because in that moment, their learning brain is shut off. That's the part of their brain that processes empathy, and it's literally not working. So the more we can teach them to catch themselves before they get in that zone. Um, and really learn to, to, to use the tools that we've been teaching them to regulate their nervous systems and get themselves back in that learning brain, the faster they'll be able to access harmony and get along with each other. And I would encourage you guys to just explore with your kids, like explore what helps their nervous systems regulate best. And we discussed it all in episode four, um, but when our kids are in that yellow light, simmering zone, right? When they've gone from the green and they're heading towards the red where they've just lost it and they're completely dysregulated. And I would encourage you, just explore with your kids like what helps them and their bodies regulate best. Like we discussed back in episode four, when your kids are in that yellow light zone, right? When they're moving from the green and teetering on the red, which is like a completely dysregulated state, what skills do they have in their toolbox that best help them bring their bodies back into a regulated state, back into that green light zone, back into their rational and and learning brain where they can access empathy and see things from someone else's perspective, um, all skills that are necessary for for living in harmony, right? And, And what we can do is we can start by just gently and compassionately and with empathy and with dignity help them to notice when they're starting to become triggered or dysregulated. And I spoke about this previously as it relates to my youngest, but man, she's four and a half, I guess. And I can tell clear as day when she's about to lose it. And you guys can probably identify, you know, what the cues are from each of your kids too. But for her, like her little arms go 
straight and stiff down by her side and her hands clench into fists and her brow furrows and she gets this little scowl. And by gently pointing this out to her, usually after the fact, over and over, little by little, my goal is that she learns to recognize it in herself, right? That's her tell. My body's starting to become dysregulated. I'm starting to get heated. I'm starting to get triggered and upset. And then knowing what it is that she can go to to calm her body down best, right? Everyone has their own unique uh, stress signs. And if this is something you've never noticed, even about yourself, take notice. Like what happens in your body when you start to feel triggered, when you start to get upset or frustrated or annoyed or hurt or angry, there's actual a physical manifestation of those emotions. And the more we can get in touch with those and be aware of those, this is all our body communicating with us, right? And then we can help our kids try to take different uh, tactics to bring their nervous system back to that you know, green level playing field, that homeostasis. So again, listen to episode four if you haven't already. I think for us, one of the easiest is just teaching my kids or has been just teaching my kids how to incorporate breath work. They can really feel those big emotions coming on and they can just stop and take a couple slow, deep breaths. And I practice this with them often. Like, like imagine you're in an elevator, right? Holding your breath, taking it from your tummy all the way to your head as you breathe in. And then you're going to hold it at the top of your head for a second. And then you're going to breathe out long and slow. It's going to take twice as long for that elevator to come down. And your kids, you know, it's not going to take long before they're able to do this on their own. And that is really a lifelong uh, coping skill that you're helping them to hone in childhood. And the key is that really when we can recognize how our bodies start responding to stress and how we can best calm them, uh, that's when we are able to just live in harmony, right? It's when we're able to access empathy, seeing someone else's perspective and disagreements, or still disagreeing, but doing so in such a respectful, um, regulated way, really. It's how we find compassion when we don't see things eye to eye with someone else, right? It's how we find empathy when we're really upset by something. So instead of flying off the handle, we can notice how our bodies are starting to simmer. We can use the self-regulation tools that we have, and then we can really activate empathy so we can live in harmony. And then number four is to notice and acknowledge harmony. So I say it often, I say often to myself, but where my focus goes, I know that my energy flows. Same direction. And another way to say the same thing is that what we appreciate, appreciates. So I want to be intentional about what I'm focusing on. And focusing on and encouraging my kids when they're getting along, when they're living in harmony, it encourages more of it in the future. It really is self-perpetuating. It's just true. And I want to be a parent who expects harmony. Like I expect my kids to get along. I And my kids, I think they usually act in accordance with how they see themselves to be. And they're still so young that so much of how they see themselves to be is based upon how I speak to them and over them. So the more I tell them that they're kind, the more I tell them that they're helpful, even though sometimes maybe it doesn't feel like it, the more I tell them that they're generous, the more I notice just the small things that they do to care for each other, they start to internalize that within themselves. And then as, as, as that, that's how they show up. They show up as kind. They show up as caring. 
They show up as generous, right? And they'll start acting in accordance with what I'm speaking over them. And on the flip side, if acknowledging and praising empathy, praising harmony encourages it, friend, let me tell you that shame is the fastest way to discourage and reduce harmony. And we talked about it back in episode 13. We talked about guilt. We talked about how there's two different kinds of guilt. There's productive guilt that actually helps us, calls us forward, calls us to live in alignment with our moral code. And a little bit of that, I think, is healthy in our kids. If they've done something that they perceive to be wrong, it prompts them to make amends and apologize and make things right and be called forward to do better. But shame is different, right? Guilt says our kids did something that's not right. But shame says that they're not right, that they're bad. So we really want to be sure as parents that when we're trying to teach and coach our kids to to empathize and to live in harmony and to get along, that we're doing so um, in teaching and in discipline in a way that's really watchful, watchful of our tone, watchful of our words. You know, are we embarrassing them? Are we shaming them in front of others? Because if the message that we're sending is an attack on their character, on them as, as people, on their person, instead of a discipline or a coaching moment, parenting moment, relating to something that they did or an action they took, then we've got to separate that from them, right? Because then the shame is a huge barrier to them living in harmony. Those are the four things I put together, encouraging our kids to live in harmony. It is Monday. It's Motherhood Monday. And every Motherhood Monday, we start the week off in the best way we know how, which is prayer over our families. So let's pray. God, we just thank you for the gift of our children. We pray harmony over them this week, Lord. We know as far as it depends on us, we're called to make peace with everyone. We're called to love. We're called to love you. And we're called to love others. You teach us that love binds everything together in perfect harmony. So help us to teach our children to live in harmony to get along with each other and the people that you've placed in their lives. We know that to have inner peace, we need to be at peace with ourselves and with others. So I pray that over all our children today. I pray that apologies come quickly. I pray that forgiveness is extended. It's not withheld. I pray for harmony. I pray for harmony in our homes, harmony in their schools, harmony in their circle of friends. God, let them shine their lights. Let them And all they do be a reflection of you and your love for each of them. I especially pray harmony over the people in their lives that they can find difficult. God, we know that every person is a teacher. So I pray that our kids can learn to love those who maybe give them a hard time or who might feel difficult to be around. We just believe that your goodness will follow them as they continually spread love. We honor you. We're grateful for you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. If you love mommy's podcast, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. 
Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Motherhood Podcast. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, information on how to join and participate in the Motherhood Village and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Oh,